when I first came in this morning, everybody was sitting back here. I was going to put my podium right here. I was. I mean, I really, but I kind of filled in, so I guess you'll get a break. I am going to get a little closer, though. Father, bless the reading of your word and the hearing of your word to our ears. Lord, open our understanding. We don't want to be hearers only. Lord, we want to be doers of your word. That takes revelation. We want to hear from the Holy Spirit. Lord, guide my tongue. I believe you filled my heart, Lord. Guide my tongue in everything I say. Open our ears, Lord, to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to Mark chapter 3, and we're going to go with verse 31. I'm actually going to teach from chapter 4, and I want to teach on the parable of the sower. And I don't know how far I'll be able to get. I really, you could really teach on this for three or four or five hours. It'd be easy to do. There's so much in here. But I fear I'd be standing here by myself Maybe Pam would still be, but I doubt it. No, after three or four hours, we all get tired. Amen? Come on. The reason I'm going back to chapter 3, verse 31, what did I talk about during communion, about the Word of God? You've forgotten already? <laughs> Take it in context. Do you know in the Bible, there, how many did not know that when Mark wrote this, he didn't put chapters and verse in it? Anybody not know that? You knew that. Get it right. Yeah, he, um, he didn't put those. So it's really, a lot of times it's one thought, or one thought feeds into another. Man, it's amazing when you start reading things in context, how it just grows out. The word just grows out, and you can see entire thoughts and get images and understanding from the Lord. So I'm going to read this, and uh, I'm going to start here, and I'm going to start uh, in chapter 3 for a purpose. So here we go. This is verse 31. I could actually read all of chapter 4. I won't do that. Verse 31, chapter 3. Then his brothers and mothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him, and a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Lord, your mother and your brothers, they're outside looking for you. And he answered and said, Who is my mother and who is my brother? And he looked around him in a circle. He said, These who sat about him, here is my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister, and my mother, we're a family, amen? amen? We're a body. Just leave it, guys, good. And again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. And when he taught them many things by parables, and he said to him, listen, 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 behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, 
and immediately it sprang up. And because it had no depth of earth, when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop. It sprang up, increased, and produced. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. And he said, Sandy, he said, Sandy, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. I'm going to talk about that a lot. We had a lot of revelation today in the prophecies. That's exactly the word that I'm preaching today, he that has ears. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said, for you... It has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom. Notice he didn't say mysteries of the kingdom. That's true too, but he said the mystery of the kingdom of God. And to those who are outside, all these things are done in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins should be forgiven. I'm going to keep reading. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? That's an amazing thought. If you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand any parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside. The word was sown. And when it was heard, it was heard. Satan came immediately and took away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these likewise are the ones who were sown on stony ground, who when they heard the word, they immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves, and they endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation, I gave a handout today in your bulletin. I wrote an article about tribulation, trials. You ought to read that. Persecution uh, arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones that are sown on the thorns, the ones that hear the word and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones that are sown on good ground. Those that hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now, if you keep reading, he's going to continue on that theme. And I would keep reading, but I really don't have time. I would just get too far afield. But I encourage you to read the rest of that chapter there. It's really important because in the parable of the sower, we find out the process of the kingdom. Why is it that some Christians are so fruitful, right? And other Christians, they could be, and it doesn't matter. You could be a Christian for one year and be very fruitful. You could be a Christian for 40 years and be very unfruitful. It doesn't matter how long you've been a believer, but there are some Christians, and I'll emphasize those, they are very fruitful, in their walk with God. They're always bearing fruit. And this fruit can be many different types of fruit. We know the fruit of the Spirit. 
We know fruit of people getting saved in your life. You're bringing in a harvest. There can be a lot of ways we bear fruit, but we're bearing fruit for the kingdom. Why is it that some Christians are very fruitful and others aren't? Why is it that some Christians seem to get their prayers answered while others seem like they don't get any prayers answered? Is God unfair? Jesus is going to tell us in this parable how we can be fruitful. And I really hope you listen. This isn't a, a super deep message. The Lord told me once, sometimes folks are looking for something new and something deep. And he said, Brad, they're not even doing the simple things. Why would I reveal didn't he say that if they're unfaithful in unrighteous mammon, they won't be faithful in the Word of God? If you're not faithful in little things, you're not going to be faithful in big things. You've got to get this stuff. And besides that, being deep in the Lord really is going deeper into His Spirit, deeper into His love, deeper into His heart. It's not intellectual. Growth is how fruitful you are. It's going deep into God where you become more and more like the Lord in your compassion. You become less and less worried about this world and what the world is doing. You become less and less fearful of people and become more and more uh, tuned into the love of God. Doesn't the word say perfect love cast out fear? Man, I, I, I could go on that. So fruitfulness is we're bearing the fruit of love in our life. We're hearing from God and the Lord wants to bear that fruit. And so Jesus is pulling his disciples aside. And the reason that I read that first section in chapter 3, get this, because in chapter 3, at the end, it kind of gives us the clue as to why Jesus is pulling these guys aside. Now, we know he chose them, right? That chose the 12. But there were others that were there that he pulled aside too. And he pulled them aside. If you look up in chapter 3, when they were talking about his mothers and his brothers, his brothers did not follow him initially. How many knew that? They got involved later, but they were trying to pull Jesus away from his mission. They weren't listening to him. They were criticizing him. They were trying to get him to quit. They thought he was crazy. And they came on later. I guess when they saw him risen from the dead, they changed their mind about him. Amen? That's, that's one thing that will change your mind. But he looked around and he said, hey, here are my brothers, here's my mom, here's my sisters, who? These guys around me, they are doing the will of God. They're doing what God said to do. They're in their calling, they're following me. He said to the rest that aren't listening, that aren't hearing, I'm speaking in parables, so they hear and they don't hear, they see but they don't see, lest they repent. Jesus is not interested in people just hearing the word, hearing the word, hearing the word without any desire to exalt, honor, and worship the Father. In fact, if we hear the word, hear the word, hear the word, and we don't put it in our lives and activate it, James, our brother James says it hardens our heart. It just hardens your heart. So these people, and, and this is very much like the Old Testament concept of hearing. These people were hearing to obey. 
They were hearing with the ear of faith. You write this down in Romans 10, 17. You know this. It says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by? He said, but haven't they, verse 18, but haven't they all heard? That's the very next verse 18. But haven't they all heard? But they all don't believe, even though they've all heard. In Isaiah, the prophet says, Lord, who has believed our report? No, there, everybody here, if you are born again, at some time in your walk with God, you believe the gospel, you receive Jesus Christ, and you were born again, or you wouldn't be born again. But that is only the beginning of our walk with God. Somebody tell me the limit that we have in Jesus. Whatever the limit of Jesus is. The Word says that we are growing up into Him in how many things? All things. That's in Ephesians 4. In Romans 8, it says we're being conformed into His. It says in heaven, John the Apostle in 1 John 3 says, in heaven, we're going to look at Him, see Him directly, because we are going to be just like Him. It starts right now. It doesn't start when you get to heaven. It starts now. And we can go as far into God as we want to, or as we have time to, on this earth. Someone say amen. amen. But the key here is, we have to have ears to hear. We have to have ears, uh, Jesus said in Revelation, to those that have ears to hear, because he knew not everybody had ears to hear. Not everybody wants to give up their sin. Does that come as a surprise to you? Do you know if you do, you've already got the victory? Because you're already dead to it. You're already delivered from it. You're already free from it. There is no sin in your life that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that he hasn't already annihilated. It's true. If you want it, you seek it, you'll have it. You ask, you receive. You seek, you find. If you're in sin you are in, in darkness, you don't have to be. You want it, you can hold on to it. It ain't going to help you any. My sins never help me. So when we go to the Word, we have to go with ears to hear. These people did, these disciples, and so Jesus was explaining everything to them. The other type of seekers, you have different type of people that hear the word. Sometimes you'll have curiosity seekers. Jesus was a big deal, wasn't he? He was doing miracles, raising the dead, casting out devils. He was a real big to-do. But when he died, when Jesus died, how many people were at the foot of that cross? Or how many were faithful to him? All those thousands that followed him. All those people that received miracles, and how many were at the foot of that cross? Not surprisingly, just a few women and our brother John. That's it, just a few women, his disciples. The curiosity seekers were long gone. So that's one type of person, they're a curiosity seeker. Another type of person that'll come into a church is the critic, and they're mostly religious. And I don't mind, I have people... Uh, critique me and tell me how I can improve, and I really don't mind that. You think, well, Brother Brad, if you did this, you'd be more effective. Maybe once in my life that would have bothered me. It doesn't now. I take it to the Lord. I listen. I want to improve. I will listen to you. That's not what I'm talking about. 
Some people come in to an assembly just to criticize, to evaluate. And it's okay. You don't want to be deceived. Amen? So you want to listen to the word, evaluate the word. But if you have a critical spirit, you will never receive anything from anybody. Because the word of God's coming forth. Sometimes it's the very word that you need to hear coming out of the pastor's mouth, but you've already shut it down if you're a critic. Now, I think most of you have good hearts. That doesn't apply to you. But there are curiosity seekers, and then there are critics, and they're mostly religious. I'm telling you, the scribes and Pharisees did not go listen to Jesus to learn anything. They wanted to stop him, and they wanted to criticize him, and they wanted to throw stones at him. They weren't there to help him. As a church, keep thinking about this, we all need to be rowing together. Amen? Unity is so rare in the world. I've got coaches that talk to me, and they're all fighting with each other. You know, they fight, and they, all kind of stuff going on. Parents fighting with coaches, and I've heard it all. In the world, unity is a, is a hard thing. But in the church, we're all supposed to have one mind and one heart rowing together like one man with one mouth presenting Jesus to the world. Jesus said, you'll know they're my disciples by their love for one another. Amen? Amen. Not the uh, curiosity seekers, uh, not the religious. You know, and the curiosity seekers love to see miracles. They might chase miracles everywhere to see something new and something exciting. I love miracles. Sister Jean, you got one. Amen. Praise the Lord. Candy down teaching. She got one. She was healed last week. I love miracles. We want to see miracles. Um, but the true disciple of Jesus is listening to obey. And that's nothing new. Flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to read verse 4. It's really nothing new. If you study the Old Testament, you guys still with me? Okay. If you study the Old Testament, you read the book of Deuteronomy, over and over, the prophets, you'll hear this statement, hear, O Israel, or hear, or hearken, if you have a King James. Listen to verse 4, chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These are the words which I command you today, and they shall be in your, where? Heart. That's where faith is produced. The Old Testament, if you really were going to follow the Lord, it was because you loved Him and you had faith and trust in Him. Any true obedience to the law was never legalistic. It was always a righteousness of faith because people, loved, like David, loved God with all his heart, and he panted when he read the Bible. He, he was in the Word. He said, I'm hiding your Word where? In my heart. Why am I hiding your Word in my heart? So I don't sin. He loved God, and he put that Word in his heart, and because that Word was in his heart, it produced something in his life. He went to the Word to hear and to receive. And if you read through, and as you go through the Old Testament, you'll see this same idea of hearing, 
flip back to me to the book of John. I, I'm going to try to go slower in this. I know I don't have all day, but I got to make one strong point. There's a reason why that when I go out this week, I can say without boasting, without, I'm not, if you knew me, I'm not, unless the Lord does something supernatural, I'm going to go out this week and I'm going to share Jesus with somebody. One reason is I love Jesus. Amen. I know you guys want to do it too. I know some of you do do it. I'm going to share Jesus with somebody. When I first got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, I was taught how to lead people to Christ and how to soul win. And I heard that word. And I never let it go. When I stand before the Lord, I know you want this too. I'm saying this all of us. I want the Lord to say, good job, Brad. Well done. You did what I said. Thank you, son. And I want to bring a crown. One prophet said there's a soul winner's crown that you can have for the Lord. There's a crown of life. Did any of you know that? There are five crown of righteousness. There are five crowns in the Bible that you can have. The beauty of those crowns, I'll get back here. The beauty of those crowns is we get to throw them all at Jesus' feet. Amen? I'd like to have a crown or two to throw at Jesus' feet. How about you? But when I heard this teaching on soul winning or sharing Jesus, it went in this ear and I heard it. And when that thing starts to ebb and flow in my life, I get back in my prayer closet until I hear it again and again and again and again. I want to lead people to Jesus and I'm going to by the grace of God because I can because it's a word that comes into your heart and changes you. Do you know there's a place in God you can share Jesus out of pure love where you have no fear of rejection? You walk up to anybody, anytime and say, do you know Jesus with no fear? God can so transform you that you don't care. And I, oh, I don't want to get too far afield. The battle we fight is not with flesh and blood and it's not people. If you think about it, it's not the person that you're afraid of, it's a thought in your mind. It's an image or a thought or an anticipated response. It's something going on in your mind that stops you or that maybe you um, care too much what they think. But the battle is always a battle in your mind. Amen? That's the same with getting a prayer answered or getting a, a miracle from the Lord. The battle is always, it starts, I call it, in the heart, the meeting place between the spirit and, and your mind. The battle was always in your heart. You're not wrestling flesh and blood. And if you hear with your ears, you hear with your heart, the Lord can put his word in you that can so transform you, and he does it by grace. I tried for a long time to go out there and through my willpower, serve God and pray for the sick, and I would get embarrassed when I would lay hands on somebody, or or I would get embarrassed when I, I tried to do it through willpower. And I said, there's got to be a better way than this, Lord. He said, there is. It's getting full of the Spirit of God. It's getting full of the Holy Spirit where you don't care anymore what anybody else thinks about you. How many believes Jesus is Lord? How many believes that his opinion of you is worth far more than anyone else's opinion? Amen. Amen? God will give you a fearless heart by grace if you want it. Ask, seek, knock. Sometimes you got to step out. But it can be for anything in our walk. Listen to this. I'm going to prove it. Flip over to John 
717, and I have so much. I, what I want you to get today, if you hear with faith, if you hear and you want to obey God and you want your life changed, you want to be a different person and you want to grow, the Lord will change you. But there are obstacles and there are things that are thrown in your way. Everyone's tested. Everyone's tried. you got to want this thing. The real key is Jesus is the pearl of great price. Jesus is the treasure hid in the field. He must be number one. He's got to be number one. I have laid down so many things in my life to the Lord and said, Lord, you can have that. You can have that. A lot of times he'll give it back to you if you mean it. If I see things in my life that are creeping up and they're taking my time and taking my energy and I, I notice that my prayer life is dwindling or am I seeking God or I'm losing my fervor in fire, I say, Lord, you can have that. You can have that. I plan to get back to Planet Fitness. I like to work out, but I had to lay it down for a while. And I'd only been running here about once a week for a long time because I needed to drop that for a minute. I don't care. I know you don't either because you're hungry for the Lord. Amen? Amen? I said, Lord, I don't care about that. If I'm not accomplishing what you have for me in this earth, I don't care if I ever run another mile. Someone say amen. amen. And I don't. I'm going to pick it up again. Sometimes that's what fasting is all about. You're locking in to what God has for you. And the Lord has different requirements on different people. I know that. We're all built different. And God has different callings. And, but I want to have a hearing ear where I can hear from God. And I go out into this world and I'm an ambassador for the Lord. How about you? I believe you're the same way. I really do. I believe you're the same way. Listen to this in John chapter 7 and verse 17. If anyone, this is so powerful, I hope you know this is in here. If anyone wills to do his will, now think, think about this, let's don't go too, if anyone wills to do his will, does anybody, did it say anybody that's strong enough? Anybody that's smart enough? If anybody wills to do his will, he shall know concerning my teaching whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks of himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? I love that. He who wills to do his will God will talk to you. A.W. Tozer wrote a book called God Tells the Man Who Cares. God tells the man who cares. Salvation is a free gift. Your righteousness is a free gift. Baptism of the Holy Ghost can't be bought. It's free. Can't be earned. What you do with it is your choices. Whether you're asking, seeking, knocking. Is Jesus here? 
But do I got 10 things that are before the Lord? In Luke, okay, I'm, I got to read some verses quick. Would somebody get Luke 647? When you have it, raise your hand. I'm going to call on you to read it because I got to get these verses out. This is probably not a topic I can return to over and over. I get you guys for about 40 minutes once a week, and I told someone this morning, I got 10 hours of preaching in me. I got a message about how to use your words, how to speak. I, I got, it's coming. I got one on soul winning. It's coming. I got one on being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's coming. But I only get 40 minutes. Who has it? Stand up and read it. Luke 647. Whoever comes to me and hears what I'm saying, and what does he do? You do them. That's by faith, folks. It's by faith. You hear and you do. Faith comes by hearing. Uh, who will look up Galatians chapter 3, verse 5? And then someone else look up Hebrews 4, 2, and 3. I've got to get these in. I've got to get these in. I know I'm, I'm really running out of time. Galatians 3, verse 5, Hebrews 4, 2, and 3. When you have Galatians 3, 5, someone raise your hand, stand up, and read it. Go ahead, Minty. The one that does miracles among you, and the Spirit's manifesting, does he do it by the works of the law, his own righteousness, observing the or does he do it by the hearing of faith miracles are done by the hearing of faith someone's got to believe all things are possible to her that it's true it's true who else uh, who has that hebrews 4 2 and 3 go ahead andrea Okay, it says that those that heard the word, listen to this, it's important to you. God wants you to hear and he wants you to be fruitful. I'm not saying this so you put your head down. Everybody here, I, look, every, I think everybody here is born again. You know Jesus. I'm saying this to help you. God wants you to hear the word and he wants you to mix it with faith. He wants you to believe it. You say, well, I'm having trouble uh, acting on it. Well, there's a way you can activate your faith. Amen. You can, there's speaking and believing. I, I'm gonna, I, I want to talk about it. I hope I have time to. You can activate your faith through speech and through prayer. And then you got to act on it. Then you step out and act. But it said the word that they heard, it didn't profit them until they mixed it with faith. And once they mix it with faith, it profits you. So if the word you're hearing is not profiting you, it's because you're not mixing it with faith. And there are reasons why, and that's the parable of the sower. I want to tell you the reasons why very rapidly. Please give me a few more minutes. Why the word doesn't work for us when it doesn't. I believe you're born again. You're on your way to heaven. But you're hearing the word, and maybe it's not working. The gifts of the Spirit started to work in my life when I believed that they would. When I quit thinking that, Pastor so-and-so that fasted 40 days and had the word of knowledge was the only one that could operate. Or R.W. Shambach was the only one 
that could operate, I started saying, Lord, get this. I taught on righteousness last week. I began to believe I am the righteousness of God in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.21. I began to believe. I believe it's in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I say that in prayer all the time. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me is already condemned. This is my inheritance from the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. I said, oh, my righteousness is the righteousness of God. My righteousness is from God. Then the gifts of the Spirit can flow through me. Then I can go to, my, uh, to Meyer, or if there was a Meyer, or at Walmart on Tuesday and see somebody there and believe that God's going to use me to talk to somebody. I don't have to be afraid. I can believe that God is going to supply my needs according to His riches and glory because my righteousness is of God. I can have a generous giving heart and not fear where my supply is coming from. I can learn to love others and give to others and not fear for myself because my righteousness is from God. And that's when the gifts started flowing out of my life. I realized I was qualified by Jesus. Last week, I had that word on the hip, the, the pelvis and everything, and you can't believe sometimes how the enemy will fight you. He's trying to get you to think about any mistakes you made that week and why you're not qualified to give a word of knowledge or pray for the sick. Or He's always trying to disqualify you in one way or the other because his greatest fear is that somebody in the church is going to figure out who they are in God and they're going to believe it, and they're going to start living it, and then his kingdom is going to come to an end in your life. When you're going to stand up, you're going to pray, and you're going to speak, and you're going to believe, and you're going to take authority over him, as Ken is teaching in Sunday school. Okay, so i got to go through this last part quick. I have so much more, but i got to move by it, because I know we only have so much attention span. So he talks about, Flip over to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. I'm going to end there. He talks about different type of hearts. And you guys can study this. Maybe I'll think I might write something up on it and print it out so you can study it. He talks about different types of heart, and that's the issue. And I don't believe it's your spirit, folks. Some people think that Cartier is spirit. Your spirit, you're born again. Jesus lives in there. I believe the heart is that meeting ground between your mind and your spirit where you're making all those decisions. You're believing there. You can doubt. Did you know that? The Bible says you doubt in your heart. There's different types of hearts, and the type of heart you have is up to who? It's up to us. One type of heart is full of unbelief, right? They hear the word, whatever reason. Maybe you don't like the preacher, right? Whatever, or the person. Well, God will, God will send you somebody else then. But you hear the word, and that word just bounces right off your heart because it's hard. You have unbelief, or you don't want to hear. You gotta, whatever it is, unbelief, doubt, that word hits your heart. You don't accept it, and it just pings off. The other heart is the heart that you hear the word of God, and many of us, this has happened to a particular word of God, a seed is sown into your life. The word comes, you receive it with joy because you know it's the word of God. And you receive it, maybe you are learning that by his stripes I'm healed. 
or that he bore my infirmities and he took my sicknesses, and you believe it, and you start acting on that word that God has spoken into your heart. You start seeing something. But as soon as you start believing it and start trying to put it in action, tribulation, persecution, trials, things come into your life. And what did Jesus say the purpose of those tribulations and trials and persecution was for? Yeah, to, not, this one wasn't the choker. This one's a, the scorcher. We're going to get to the choker. This is the scorcher. Because that word doesn't go down into your heart deep, um, we're going to talk about how to get it down there deep today, real quickly. It doesn't get down in there. It's just scorched, a little bit of persecution. You tell someone, you know, something, they, they laugh at you, and you stop sharing your faith right there. You had a seed about that big in you, and it got choked up immediately. You were believing for something, you know, and you're believing that God's going to supply all my needs, and you, the, the, one more bill came in, and you folded. You just gave up and quit believing it. Amen? Whatever it was, that's because that, that word didn't have any depth of soil. The next person, I think it applies to our culture. Are you guys with me? I'm really trying to get to the end of this. I really am. The next type of person, and this is our culture, this is probably us, that the cares of this world the distractions, everything, and there are so many, this is our culture, there are so many things, some of you have already checked out, you're thinking about dinner already, I get, I understand, I get it, I do, maybe next week it, you'll come in locked and loaded, but we check out, it's not that doing things is, I love to run, I plan to run, running is not wrong for me, but what happens when, or maybe I like to watch an occasional movie, how about you, but here's, I'll use movies, that's a better one, but here's all of a sudden, rather than watching an occasional movie, every night at 6, we turn the TV on, and after we watch the lies, the slander, and the manipulation from the news, right, we turn on Wheel of Fortune or something, and then we go into a movie, right, or maybe four hours of sports or something, and we do that every night when we come home. We get up in the morning, we're tired because of all the nonsense we watched at night, and we get up and we don't pray and read our Bible and we scurry off to work, maybe read our daily bread, take five minutes and read an, our daily bread that was written 20 years ago, and we scurry off. I heard a preacher say one time, Satan will distract you with a hangnail if he can. He'll distract you with a hangnail if he can. It's not the watching an occasional movie. It's not going to your kids' events, grandkids, Kids, it's good to support your kids. Go to their events. Go to all that you can. Go to your grandkids' events. But when sports and family stuff and TV and entertainment and running and everything takes the ascendancy in our life and it becomes more important to us than our calling, than following Jesus, you've got idols now in your life. And when you start to pray... This is why some of us don't pray, not you guys. I know you guys are a pretty good group of people. But when you start to pray, those, the Lord will start talking to you. Or Satan will, and this is the choker, Mike, he'll come in and choke the word in your life so you're unfruitful. He didn't even say that you weren't saved, did he? He just said you're choked. You can't produce fruit. And if you're satisfied with that, and I don't believe you guys are, that's the type of Christian life you'll lead, a very unfruitful Christian life. Last scripture, and I'm closing. This is it, Proverbs chapter 4. 
if you want it, it's yours. Get, if you want it, it's yours. If it's in the word and you want it, it's yours. I believe there are people in this room, if you wanted a nation, the Lord would give you a nation. Maybe Burma, I don't know. Maybe a small one, I don't know. If you wanted a nation, the Lord's looking for people that will lay down their life for the gospel all the time. Maybe that's not your heart. Maybe you just, who knows what God could have put in your heart. But I believe there are people in here, if you wanted a nation, the Lord would give it to you. If you pay the price. This is how the next heart is the noble and good heart. Is this too heavy? Proverbs 4, verse 20. If I haven't said it yet, Jesus, every person in this room, I'm closing. Every person in this room that's born again, the Lord looks at you as a son or daughter. And he's not angry at you. If I, I, I don't want to make people, he's not angry at you. He wants the very best for you. Like, I mean, very best. He wants you to be a David or an Esther or a Mary or a Peter. He wants you to be that in whatever he's called you to do. And so when he talks to you, and it's all through the Proverbs, he says, my son. Kent, he's not yelling at you saying, hey, what's wrong with you? You're letting the thief steal the seed. He's not saying that. Or my daughter. He's looking at you and he's saying, my son, my, my daughter, listen to me. Give attention to my ears. Have a hearing ear. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them in your heart. They are life to those who find them and healing or health to all their flesh. One translation in the margin says medicine. How do you like that? Had a Bible in the margin under health. It said medicine to all your flesh. Now get this. Keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Jesus told you in the parable of the sower, why? Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues or spring the issues of life. And the second part, put away from you a deceitful mouth and a perverse tongue or lip put far from you. God is calling us to guard our heart. Not to allow poison into your heart. When someone criticizes you or they speak evil of you and, or someone slights you, Satan's purpose for that is so you get bitter, hurt, or injured. Or so you'll stop. Whatever, he'll try to stop you. And he'll try to form a root of bitterness in you. God is saying, guard your heart. You don't have to let that in your heart. You don't have to let that poison into your heart. When you're standing on the word of God and you're believing God and a circumstance comes in your way, the enemy will want that discouragement, that frustration, that depression. 
He will bring, the battle is always a spiritual battle, and he's trying to get from your head into your heart. Why? To stop you, to neutralize you. God is saying to us as a people, my daughter, my son, don't let him. You've got to till your garden. When God, oh Lord, go on, I'm, I'm, I'm ending. You, when, when God put Adam in the garden, he said, Adam, you've got to take care of the garden. It's your garden, you've got to take care of it. Our heart is our garden. Folks, let's feed our faith. Let's allow in faith. Let's allow in love. Let's allow in unity. Let's allow in purpose. Let's allow in the word of God. Let's allow in praise and let's shut out poison. Let's, let's shut out sin. Let's shut out depression. Let's shut out discouragement. Uh, here's a, let's shut out discouragement. Let's shut out confusion that's attacking our mind. And how do you do it? I preach it with the words of your mouth. Faith, words of faith coming out of your mouth. And that's my next sermon. Let's pray. Or the one after that. Father's Day is coming up. Father, my heart, my desire for your people, for those that have ears to hear, Lord, you said not everybody would have ears to hear, is to truly understand that we're in an eternal spiritual battle. And your words are truth. Thy word is truth. So, Lord, we will to do your will. We desire to do your will. And not just on Sunday morning for an hour and a half, but, Lord, when we go out into the world every day, we want to hide your word in our heart so it produces something, so it changes us. So we can represent you out in the world. I believe every person in here, Lord, that's truly their desire if you got down to it. Lord, we have ears to hear. If there are areas in our life where we're shutting you out, Lord, bring us to repentance. For your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. I know I went over, guys. That's the best I could do today. Praise the Lord. Amen.